Welcome to the D and A of Home Interiors. The DNA of Home Interiors is all about empowering you to make confident home interior and furniture decisions. I'm Audrey, founder of Audrey Whelan Interior Design. I've worked as an interior designer for almost 20 years, running my own business for 10 years of this. Recently, I have refocused my business to help people who are undertaking their own refurbishment or redecoration project. I do this through individual consultations in people's homes and also through running interior design workshops around London. I'm Deirdre, the co-founder and CEO of Cooldia, an online search and comparison website which enables people to easily search, discover and shop furniture products across the entire market on one website. Cooldia is the home for furniture discovery. Check it out to search over 80 retailers simply today. Audrey and I decided to set up the podcast after seeing the overwhelming feeling that many people encounter when undertaking their own project. The sheer amount of choice available often leads to decision paralysis. We're here to help you make confident decisions. So today we're here to talk about all things window dressing, as I would maybe call it. So it's your curtains, your blinds, your net curtain. Although, Audrey, you've already given out to me because I'm not allowed to call it net curtain. It's uh, old fashioned and it's now called sheer, sheer, sheer curtain. Yeah, so we would call it a sheer or a voile curtain. But yeah, sheer, sheer curtains is generally how I describe it. And um, so that's a curtain that is uh, like semi-transparent, so very thin fabric. So essentially doing the job of the net curtain, just that when a lot of people think or hear the word neck curtain, Granny. they panic a bit <laughs> and they think of something maybe with a big floral you know, I was going to say, it's it. all the lace that's in yes, that curtain. Yes. So is it, can a yeah. sheer curtain be a lace curtain or is it completely sheer uh, in so, one material? Yeah, so usually sheer, although it can have a pattern to it, but obviously if it's a more contemporary pattern, then it may be like a stripe or a dot or something. Um, it probably wouldn't have like a scalloped end like we would have seen on a lot of the neck yeah. curtains, you know, back in the day. And it also would be hung in a very different way. So the old kind of fashion neck curtains would generally be bunched up on a little neck curtain wire. Yes. Um, but now we're seeing translucent sheer curtains on um, a much more contemporary style of track or pole where they've got a lot more room to breathe and sit and you know they're a lot more fluid in the space. Um, so I think they can look brilliant um, especially if you pair them up with a blind maybe behind. So it could be a blackout blind if you wanted to be able to have that pretty privacy but then you know during the day you can close the sheer curtains um, if you want and then in the evening you can add the blinds in behind. Yeah so so this topic is particularly close to my heart because we actually my dad sold curtains blinds and net curtains in our shop growing up and typically how I would spend my evenings was going with my dad out to people's houses to fit blinds and curtains and I think that sort of became the love of interior design and I got to sneak peek around everybody's houses I remember one lady had a fascinating bathroom where you open the wardrobe two doors of the wardrobe in this wall of wardrobes and that brought into the ensuite so I was getting inspiration from a young age but maybe coming back to you know there's there's curtains there's blinds there's neck curtains what should we be doing should we have a mix of all of them or 
How does that work? And if I, if I give you an example in our house, we lived on a street. So we had neck curtain. We also had a blind then uh, on front of that. Yeah. And then we had our ordinary curtain. Yes. So we did all, yeah. three. all three. But I yeah. suppose when you're determining, rather than maybe just thinking about style first, it's, it's the practicality. It always goes back to why. Mm. Why yes, am exactly. I doing something to the window? Is mm. it to keep in the warmth? Is it for privacy or does it have a different function? What are the main considerations around why people choose the various options in in window dressings? Yeah, so I think, like you say, yeah, the functional aspect is really important. Uh, So if you're on a busy street and during the day you want to let the light in, but you don't want people to be able to see in, then I'd say you need one of two things. So it's either a sheer curtain um, or it's um, a sheer blind. So you can actually get roller blinds that do that same job of the old-fashioned neck curtain or the more contemporary sheer curtain that we're talking about. Um, And with these roller blinds, then during the day, you'll get the privacy, but you'll get the daylight in. In the evening, then, any kind of sheer blind or curtain, uh, once you've got your lights on inside, will not give you any privacy. So people will see in. So that's where the need then for a secondary layer of curtaining or blinds is required. So generally with the sheer option, you do have to think of the evening as well. So that's why, you know, earlier when I said you could have the blackout blind behind your sheer curtains, and that works quite well in that situation for evening time. Or alternatively, you have a sheer curtain or your sheer blind. And then for evening, you've got um, heavier curtains then, which you close, um, which which blocks out the light from your room, you know, out to the street and people can't see in. And when you speak about the roller blind, actually, if you have a roller blind for privacy, you can't actually see out though. While people can't see in, you can't see out. Or am I yes. mistaken? Yes. So if it's a blackout roller blind or, or any sort of... Um, opaque roller blind yes you can't see out so it's not such a practical solution for during the day so that's why I would certainly suggest to people for daytime privacy that you've got a sheer blind or curtain um so so the other type of blind then yeah is is more of an evening solution and um, but then there's a few other things you could consider as well such as slatted blinds and uh, so uh, you know at one point we would call these venetian blinds they tend to be called slatted blinds more so now and um, they're often available in different wood finishes you might have a sort of a painted white wood finish or you could have it in like an oak or a walnut um wood effect and um you know, that that gives you that control then because you can open the slats or partly open them during the day and then in the evening you can close them fully. Yeah, I think it's the tilt, isn't it, Mm. as well? So if you tilt them up, typically you'd have to be down low you wouldn't be able to see in so especially good in a bedroom but you'll still be able to on a second store uh, a second floor but you'll still be able to sort of get some light in yeah that's right yeah so it's a good way to control the light well I would say though is although you can completely close them and get the privacy aspect of people not being able to see in and you still do get quite a lot of light in so if it was in a bedroom and you wanted to be able to control the light in the morning and not have it so bright early on then you would need uh, curtains for example on top of that slatted blind so the function of the slatted blind in that case would be more to control your light levels and privacy during the day but not to give you that kind of blackout facility then overnight. 
And what about the other type of blinds? Because it's not just slotted and your roller blind. No, you no. also have the vertical blind, which always reminded me of an office. But I've seen yeah. people incorporate them into their homes. Yeah. I mean, I think people sometimes end up putting them on maybe large patio doors out to a garden. And um, sometimes because they mightn't know what the other options are available to them because it may be too wide a window for a roller blind. But I think often when people have those vertical blinds, they do feel like they're not adding enough in terms of aesthetic or warmth in the room. And that often it won't be a long term solution and they will end up then seeking out uh, something else. So whether that is a sheer curtain that can go the whole way across that style of patio door uh, or perhaps two or three roller blinds that can be side by side. And, and that's, you know, a way to, to, to bring that onto sort of a larger glazed area. Um, the old fashioned blinds then that you have that sort of crunch up into, yeah. they overlap over each other. So there's typically three or four layers when you pull them up. I always yeah. think they're very so like fancy a, and they've got, typically they've got beautiful patterns on yes, them. Yes. Yeah. So there's a few different types of fabric blind and there's, yeah, some that are quite like decorative that I can remember from my childhood. And um, I think Austrian blinds, actually people used to call them where they would be quite embellished and they have sort of um, scalloped ends on them. But what's quite popular at the moment, I'd say, uh, is a fabric blind that we call a Roman blind. So that's um it's, it can still be made to look very contemporary and quite simple. Obviously, depending on the fabric you use, you can have it, you know, more ornate and decorative uh, through bringing in more pattern and colour into it. But that's a blind which would fold up then. So you'd still see quite a chunk of the blind kind of on top of the window when it's fully open. So you do need to consider that and have some space, maybe space above your window, between your window and your ceiling, where you can position the blind then slightly higher so it doesn't kind of encroach on your daylight too much and obviously you also have to consider that if you need to open like an upper window and you know just to make sure that that blind isn't sort of in the way of you know if it's a window that opens in for example you'll need a bit of space Um, but that that um, Roman blind can be a great solution for people who maybe like the idea of a curtain rather than a more kind of utilitarian style of roller blind but actually for some reason the curtain just isn't going to function right so it might be that they really don't want to cover up a radiator underneath or there may not be enough width around the window to actually have curtains that stack back but actually then if you were to take the same fabric that perhaps you would love to have in a curtain and you make the Roman blind out of it instead, at least you can get that kind of look and feel of the fabric you like, but it may be a more practical solution, you know, for your own space. Yeah, it's a really interesting point around the size of the window and the space that you have there. And, you know, if you've got a room that hasn't got a lot of light, having one of those Roman blinds that maybe if you can't go above the ceiling uh, or above the, the window at the top of the window towards the ceiling, of course, you're not going to want to block out the light. Yeah. And one thing I always remember my dad would be very conscious of was, do you attach the blind to the window? the frame, the actual mm -hmm. window itself, yeah. or do you attach it above um, the window frame? So to give yeah. you an example, if you had a back kitchen door, the door out to the garden, if you're putting a blind on a piece of glass there, you have to actually attach the blind to the door so that the if you open the door inwards, and it applies to windows as well, you mentioned yeah. it, 
if they're opening inward, you typically want the blind attached to the window mm-hmm. rather than maybe attached to the ceiling or above the window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, again, yeah, it really depends. If you've got that space above the window um, between the top of the window and the ceiling, obviously you can position the blind a bit further up. But yeah, if you don't, then you know, you'll have to go maybe. In, so we call that inside the recess when it's um, close to the window frame and then outside the recess when it's actually mounted above the uh, window opening between that and the ceiling. And then, you know, sometimes I often also say to people, you know, say if there's the um, the option of doing either inside the recess or outside um, in terms of kind of functionality and practicality. Um, sometimes it just works better in the room to have it outside the recess. So above that opening, because it means when you pull the blind down, it's actually covering even more than the window opening itself. So it can be a way to actually make that window opening appear a bit bigger and um just sometimes depending on the fabric you're using as well, it can actually be nice to bring, you know, more rather than less of that into the space. So speaking of fabric, we've talked about that you can have the blackout blind, but of course, if you're having a blind in a bathroom or a kitchen, it's similar to paints. There's actually different types which are made for absorbing the water and also to make sure that you can give them a wipe down if you need. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you probably wouldn't want to go down the Roman blind route um, with a you know, a sort of a, like a custom-made solution in a fabric, but a roller blind, yeah, that is, it maybe has more of a vinyl surface or something yeah. more practical. But again, it depends where that window is. If it's an open plan, sort of kitchen dining space and your window is near the dining side, then actually you might want to bring in something more fabric-based because you want the warmth and the texture of that. But obviously then if it's nearer a sink in the kitchen, you need to think, you know, a bit more practically. But the slatted blinds idea can be good as well in a kitchen. So that Very can practical. Be in a way, yeah, to control that light as well, particularly if you've got high high levels of sun coming into the kitchen. So it may not be that you're overlooked or you're concerned with privacy, but the slatted blinds or the sheer blinds we talked about earlier can also be a great way to give you that control over sort of the sunlight not being too strong when you're trying to get tasks done in the kitchen. And one great way I always thought of maybe bringing the blind into the theme of the room is you can actually add a fringing. Yes, and that fringing that's right. can be in yeah. various different colors, mm. um, yeah. and it's not just the, the well. There's there's two things. There's the the fringe, mm-hmm. um, but you also have. Um, you used to have the dangles. My mind is thrown a complete oh, blank. Like, uh, the, the way that you open and close the blind, like an actual... Uh, you know, like, do you know, remember you know. at the bottom of uh, a blind, it's a fringe. A fringe, yeah. So yeah, like, like a trim at the end. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're bringing me back now. I can remember. It's yeah, way back. I've blinds. just remembered it. Yes, yeah. Particularly, again, I feel like I've mentioned scalloped blinds or the, the detail at the end of a blind, but often you would see that fringing on that sort of yes. curved, yeah, um, uh, end panel. That's gone now, is it? That, that I would say particularly... Maybe it's coming that, back now because fringes yeah. are coming back. I'd say on the more conventional roller blinds like we would have seen, um, it, it's, it's not so popular now. Now, but say on a Roman blind, like we talked about with a specific fabric um, that the blind has been made out of, then I think that's where you're more likely to see that where people will find unusual embellishments then that can be added on the end. So maybe fringing or beading um, along the end and that can add an extra detail then to the blind 
But I actually thought maybe you were going to say about the pulls, like the blind pull, because there would have been a time where roller blinds were generally operated by having like a little string and a bobble maybe hanging down and you'd pull it and that's how you'd open the blind. But these days, roller blinds uh, more often than not now have what we call sidewinder chains. So you can have a very sleek, contemporary, just straight line across your blind, no pull hanging down. And then at the side of the blind, you use the chain to wind it up and down. So we have a practical. chain on, on the ones in my bedroom, but we still have the tassel just oh, for yeah, show. Just, just for effect. So I remember yes. people would have yeah. the tassel and they'd yeah. want to get that bit replaced because it yes. was the bit that got grubby. Yeah. But I yeah. suppose that applies. And we had ones as well. Well, we didn't have them in our house, but I remember them where you actually had a, an electronic to yes. open and close yeah. them. Yeah. And I suppose the practicality of the side chain or the electric one is that yeah. every time you touch it, um, it's going to get that little bit grubby. And that mm-hmm. doesn't only apply to curtains uh, or to blinds. It applies to the curtains as well. Yes, absolutely. So like, say, for example, when you have um, a track, so a curtain track, um, you can choose for that track to be corded, which means that you've got the cord at the end and that's how you open and close the curtains. So in hotels, you generally have a corded track um, uh, on the curtains. uh, But... um, some people do prefer just having a manual a track so you open and close the curtains with your hands if they're on a pole it will generally be that you're opening them manually with your hands but obviously part of that decision really should be considering the type of fabric you're using if you're using a very pale or very delicate fabric then the less handling you need to do with the fabric to open and close the curtains you know will be helpful in prolonging you know the lifespan of the fabric and also you know helping it to not get sort of fingerprints on it and but I mean that's just making me think as well about you know even now with tracks it's not just the consideration of corded or uncorded but we also have different types of tracks depending on the heading that you might want on your curtains so you know, for example, wave heading. I don't know if you've heard of that at all. So that's a much more recent heading, perhaps, than, you know, it back in the day. doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, when you were helping your dad all those years ago, there probably wasn't like a wave heading um, at the time as an option. But um, wave is a way to have a very contemporary style of curtain heading. Uh, so it curves like a wave, but you get really neat folds in the curtain when you stack it back. So when you open it, um, and generally the tracks are either, they can be ceiling mounted for sort of full effect so you can go from ceiling to floor this wave heading works really well with the sheer curtains we were talking about as well because it gives them a really good structure and and then you know you can have other types of tracks then where you have a more conventional curtain heading so I'd say you know wave is very contemporary then we've got pinch pleat you can have double pinch pleat or triple pinch pleat and this is a much more traditional heading where you've got pleats that are actually sewn into the curtain um, when it's being made um, and they can be on a curtain track they can also be on a pole often people quite like them on a pole because it's a bit more traditional so a bit more in tune with that style of curtaining um, and then the other really uh, popular 
uh, curtain heading that you see a lot. It's what we call a pencil pleat. But this is the style of heading that's mainly used in um, ready-made curtains. So if you yes. buy curtains in a pack and then you pull the string and you sort of gather them to the length you need for your own window. So when it comes to curtain made, uh, custom made, I should say, curtains, um, I often say to people, well, let's not do you know, pencil pleat because it is that one that you can buy as a ready-made curtain. So, so let's you're going to go to the something. trouble, let's really differentiate yes, exactly, it. yeah. I mean, it will cost a little bit more to do one of the other headings, but I think if you're investing in the custom-made curtains to begin with, then it's really nice to get something that's quite tailored to your window. So talking about curtains, we've talked a lot about blinds and the size of the window, and you've mentioned that maybe if you've got a radiator underneath, where should a curtain actually end? Is it at the bottom of the window? Should it go down mm. to the floor? And of course, in some of the fancy houses that you go to, they often seem to be nearly sweeping the yes, floor with them. Yes, what, yeah, What's the right yeah. length for That's curtains? Right. So, I mean, there is no right length, you know, that you can apply to sort of all curtains. It really depends on the specific window and the specific room and also people's own preference. And um, I must say, I'm more of a fan of long curtains, so to the ground. That's generally um, my preferred kind of look um, mainly because I feel especially if you're investing in custom-made curtains that you'll get that sort of grander more elegant look but obviously sometimes you know if people have a radiator under and they're going to have the curtains closed a lot in the evenings and it's a room they use a lot in the evenings they may just feel that the right decision is to go shorter so that they don't compromise on losing that heat uh, behind the curtains and then with regard to the fabric draping on the ground I think you know if it's a big bay window maybe and you've got like a full a dramatic view of that in the room it can be really amazing but on the other hand if you're going to have a sofa in front of it or other furniture and either you're not going to see it or it's just going to be a load of hassle to kind of clean around it then I think there's no real benefit you know just go to the ground just yeah. just about touching the ground and that's plenty and of course if keeping in the heat is a major factor I would always recommend getting the curtains lined add that yes. one in yeah absolutely and then even in terms of lining there's a few different decisions to consider so we have standard lining um, but then also blackout lining so if it was in a bedroom you may want that extra um, blackout quality to your curtains so in the morning you don't get the light uh, flooding in and uh, then we've also got interlining so interlining is, is a thicker lining it's great if you've got quite drafty windows it can to give you a bit more insulation and um, but also particularly with thinner fabrics like silk fabrics and um, you know it's it's well, it's good in terms of protecting the fabric from the sunlight outside, but often some people quite like that look of having a slightly plumper, fuller cu curtain, even if the fabric itself isn't that thick. So interlining is the way that you achieve that. And as I was uh, growing up, it was the full whole hog, as I will sort of say it, it's uh, the tie backs. Oh, it's the, the tie helmet. Yes. You yes. went all out with the pattern, maybe yeah. even got your lampshade matching. Yes. It seems yeah. to have simplified mm. again. Yeah, I think it's simplified a huge amount. I think with the improvement of tracks and poles as well, people don't feel the same need to conceal the fixtures. So I think a lot, you know, people is that, put is the that the origination in. of the pelmet? Yeah. It was just to well, hide the track. I don't know if it's the actual original, you know, idea of it, but I think, yeah, that, that would be the reason, um, say, 
you know, going back over time, you know, one of the reasons people would often ask me about having a pelmet, they say, oh, I don't want to see the track or the pole. But then sometimes when you discuss the options and how that is actually going to look, they think, oh, actually, no, we can make a feature that that's, you know, I'm happy with that. Um, whereas the pelmet definitely has more of a traditional uh, look and feel to it now. So I think it's important to consider, you know, how, so how you your want stately that to homes be. It yes, sort of emulates yes, that sort of yeah. Yeah, that's it. And then with tiebacks, I'd say, you know, I'm certainly finding that less and less people go for them. Uh, but there are cases where I think they still look fantastic. And, I quite like and the curve sometimes can it can good. give you, leaving yes. it a little bit more drawn yeah. in the middle and then yeah. pulling it back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. So, so again, very specific to the window, I think, and the style of property. But if it works, then it can work really, really well. Yeah, it's probably more a bit of a traditional look than maybe mm. in a modern place. Yeah. It wouldn't look as, as, as in keeping. That's right. Yeah. And I suppose lastly then, um, I'm keen to get your thoughts around patterned versus plain curtains and the longevity of them. So it's it's also, I suppose, that links into the care of them and if you can wash them or not. And, and the reason I ask this question is that we have curtains in our house that have been there for probably over 40 years now. And they're really good old velvet curtains. Oh, yeah, wow. And they're all one plain colour. So they're sort of a mustardy colour, which I used to hate. Yeah. Um, but now I think they're actually sort of cool. Yeah. And if you go with that pattern, which is matching your lampshade, if you get sick of that, you need to change everything. Mm-hmm. And of course, more and more we're thinking about the sustainability yes. of materials yeah. and making sure that we're not being that throwaway society. Mm-hmm. So do you think you should incorporate the theme of the room into the pattern of the curtains? Or do you suggest that they should be more of a, a staple that will be able to see you through many designs of the room? Yeah, well, I I suppose, um, you know, what I'd generally be doing as I'm working through this process is initially with the client, we'd be looking at all aspects of the room and sort of, you know, if it's that we want to bring in some pattern, where can we bring that in? And then, yeah, curtain fabric would be one area, certainly, but it might be that we could bring in wallpaper or other smaller items within the room, you know, in that kind of pattern. So really then, yeah, some people just want to go for it and do something really loud and bold if it's a consideration that you want something to last, you know, sort of a few decades of time, yeah, then I I think it is a consideration to maybe go plainer on that and bring in maybe the the more kind of, um, you know, patterned or colourful areas of the room through other things that would be easier and, and less costly to update. Yeah, it's fascinating. I suppose the window is typically an afterthought, maybe, in terms of decorating the room. But as we've learned today, there's so many different styles. So regardless of the space that you've got to work with, the light, the aspect, um, there's a solution out there for everything. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. And I think it is great to think of us early on and incorporate it in the whole idea of your room and the decisions that you need to make. Yeah. So, well, it was great chatting to you about all of that. Yeah. And thank you all for joining us on the DNA of Home Interiors today for our discussion on curtains and blinds. We hope you gained inspiration on what to do with your windows. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and share with your friends and family who are working on their own home interiors project. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram, Facebook and YouTube channels at the DNA of Home Interiors. If you are looking for inspiration and help in designing your home project, check out Audrey Whelan's masterclasses and sign up for one today. And Audrey, what's that address again? It's audreywhelan.com forward slash events. 
and it also makes a great gift. And don't forget to check out cooldia.com to easily search, discover and shop furniture products across the entire retail market on one website. We hope you can join us next time. <laughs>